on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, weekdays from 9 to 11, right here on WKOM 1017. You never know who's going to stop by. One of the leading voices, certainly in the Southeast, on college football, John Bryce with footballscoop.com. We have with us this morning Mike Keith, voice of the Titans, TWSAA Executive Director Bernard Childress, New York Times bestselling author, author of Three Ring Circus, which dropped yesterday, Mr. Jeff Perlman, the voice of the Blue. Raiders Chip Walters joining us. AP Tennessee Sports Editor, three-time Tennessee Sports Writer of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome Teresa Walker. High school sports is what we do, but it's not all we do. Don't forget about Top 5 Tuesday and Wild and Wacky Wednesday. Be sure and check us out from 9 to 11 a.m. on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. 1017 WKOM. Maurice and I would like to take a little time to thank Robert Rogers and all the folks at Parks Motor Sales for sponsoring the Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today special guest podcast. When you need special treatment during your next new or pre-owned vehicle purchase, visit Parks Motor Sales at 919 Nashville Highway in Columbia or visit them online at parksmotorsales.com. Talking high school sports, here's Mo and Chris. Welcome back into the show. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on this Friday edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton, J.P. Plant with you here. Talking about high school football, high school basketball, all kinds of great stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, I'm, for one, I'm excited about this next segment because we get to bring in our friend Jesse Smithy from five-star preps who has plenty to talk about on the parks motor sales hotline because we're going to ask him a couple of questions about some hoops but first jesse welcome in how are you doing well how are you guys doing well jesse appreciate you taking some time with us this morning yeah absolutely anytime man jesse on on the, the the beginning of this uh, of the show today we kind of teased to it because a buddy of mine asked me a question yesterday about whether or not Alcoa Maryville was the biggest high school football rivalry in the state of Tennessee. Now, I didn't know the answer to that because I don't know a whole lot about the rest of the state or outside of where we are, um, just because I haven't been here very long. Now, as I asked Mo this question, I gave him the open-ended question of, what is the best high school football rivalry? And he said Alcoa Maryville. So our question to you this morning first is, what is the best high school football rivalry? And as Mo said, why is it Alcoa Maryville? Yeah, it's a question that I think gets a lot of debate through the years. And, of course, every part of the state has a has a rivalry that's probably their marquee rivalry. And you, know, you think down into the Chattanooga area and the, the Baylor Macaulay's, the South Pittsburgh and uh, – South Pittsburgh area with its um, Marion County, work. yeah, Marion County. Thank you, Mo. And, yeah. and that Stephen Hargis, our friend, wrote a book about that, and and it's a rivalry that has many years behind it and has some crazy stories behind it. I mean, <laughs> I, it wasn't too long ago that they had some coaches arrested uh, for trying to stage vandalism to motivate their kids, and it's like, man, you go to that degree to motivate your kids to win a rivalry game. I mean that. 
there's a lot of bad blood. There's a lot of emotion and and hatred that's, that's in between those two programs. And so that's definitely up there. But what Alcoa and Maribel have done over the last two decades or more, I think has really catapulted it, its rivalry up to the top of the list. When you talk about, I think they have 36 combined state championships now, and a lot of those have been won over the last 20 years. And you talk about the legendary coaches of Gary Rankin, the all-time winningest coach in in state history. You talk about George Corals, a guy who won roughly 94% of his games over an 18-year career at Maryville. And just the the battles that those two programs have had, how close they are to each other in proximity. I think just a handful of miles separate the two schools. And one's a 3A school, one's a 6A school. And so that kind of con- contrast makes it intriguing. And it's just uh, every year it's a it's a massive, massive deal in that Blunt County community as to who wins that football game. And are, are there crazy stories about vandalism and arrests and, and fights breaking out? Not necessarily. It's been pretty civil over the last 20 to 25 years, especially since I've been covering it. Um, but I just think from a prestige and a recognition standpoint and what that game means, I, I, I can't I can't vote against Alcoa Maribel. You know, Jesse, when I was first getting started down this road, I, I had a lead once leading up to a Franklin Gallatin game that um, spelled out the definition of a rivalry and went on to say that Franklin Gallatin did not qualify because, as Chris said, you know, one te- when one team kind of dominates the matchup, the rivalry isn't necessarily there. And Maryville has won a, a pretty good majority of these games. But I, I think that there is a perceived balance there. I think there is a perceived possibility each year of Alcoa winning that game. And I think they've won it often enough even though the numbers tilt toward Maryville, Alcoa has been competitive and they have won enough of those games that, you know, it's still seen that way. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, so much so that I mean, on our site the last couple of years, we've done a, a game breakdown of the last 20 years or so just to, to provide those memorable moments, those memorable games and memorable individual performances by players on both sides. Because while Maryville, the 6A school, has been dominant during this kind of 20-year window, a lot of these games have been really, really close. And um, Alcoa has won a few. They've the, the game where they beat Maryville without even having to throw a pass comes to mind. I mean, how, how dominant Alcoa was that night running the football that they didn't even have to throw a pass against Maryville? I mean, that's, that's almost the ultimate insult in today's game. And so it's it's definitely a, a big time rivalry tour. I think Maribel's won sixty three or sixty four out of the roughly hundred meetings. But again, I think it gets back to not only how competitive the games are from a three A versus six A matchup, but just all the all the legendary players, the, the games that have been televised and, and talked about and the state championships won and the legendary coaches involved. It's just there's just so many components outside of the overall record 
of the series that, that make this a massive game. And and really, yeah, the record is six, sixty-five, twenty-four, and three. Jesse. Yeah, I mean it's it's overwhelmingly in, in Maribel's in Maribel's favor. But again, I think to to see what that game means, to see how many people come out to that game, uh, to see Alcoa trying to topple its its big brother, so to speak, in Blunt County, and so there's a certain there's a certain respect factor that that you got to give Alcoa for even, you know, competing hard and, and, and putting forth the effort in that game. That's, it's because, I mean, they go on to win state championships seemingly every year, and what happens in that Maribel game has no bearing whatsoever on their region standing or what they do in the playoffs. But it, it's exhausting to watch that game, to, to watch both teams just kind of empty the tank. And um, so it's, it's something to behold. It's something that people come from not only – all edges of the state and corners of the state to see, but from outside of the state too. And and I think particularly Jesse in this in this day and time where you have so many people that are more apt to run from competition and and you know well they're too big we can't play with them we're not going to play with them um, you know for Alcoa to to say hey we're going to play this game and and you know, win or lose, we're going to go on and win a state championship anyway. But um, just and, – and that, I'm sure that emanates from, from Gary Rankin straight from the top. I mean, you know, we're, we're going to play the best people we can play, and if those best people are six miles away, then that's even better. Yeah, if you look at Alcoa's schedule lately, I mean, it's really front-loaded. I mean, not only is Maribel in there, but matchups with black men are going out of state to play some of Kentucky's best – uh, state championship teams. And so that Maryville game is oftentimes mixed in with brutal opponents before and after that game. So, I mean, to, to see uh, a 3A school with uh, numbers that don't match up with Maryville, oftentimes you see Alcoa, I'm not going to say Wilkes, but they get gassed. I mean, they're, they're playing guys both ways to try to win that football game. And oftentimes it comes down to the fourth quarter and who has the freshest legs, and of course, Maryville has more players on its sideline, so oftentimes it typically pulls away in the fourth quarter, and that's kind of what happened this past year, so it's just, I don't know how to explain it, I mean, it, I guess I think back to the 2000s, the 2000s, I remember Stephen Hargis texting me and, and wanting to know like what time the game started and, and how media is received. He drove up from Chattanooga just to watch this football game, and to leave your area that you cover <laughs> to come see the spectacle that is Alcoa and Maryville and write about it, that's when I knew I was like, wow, this is big. I didn't grow up in East Tennessee. So when I started covering high school sports in East Tennessee in 2002, there was a, a learning curve and having to learn what these games meant to certain communities. And and I remember when he when he texted me, I think it was the late 2000s, I don't remember which game, but he said, hey, I'm coming up to watch this football game. I was like, wow, I mean, just it really shows you the wide-reaching effects of this football game and, and how many people across the state are, are looking on Friday night or Thursday night or Saturday night or sometimes even Sunday on ESPN. When are, who wins that football game? So knowing where you grew up, I'm just going to throw this one at you. How does Milan Humboldt compare to Alcoa Maribel? <laughs> well, sadly, it doesn't stack up much anymore. Uh, Humboldt is a program that, I'm not sure how much longer it's going to last. And 
it's definitely got a lot of history and tradition to it, but it's with the new schools that have opened up around West Tennessee and, and people have flocked to different programs. I mean, it's drastically dropped in classification and size and, and what it's able to do against some of the, the state powers over in West Tennessee. So sadly, we don't get that Humboldt Milan uh, rivalry like we used to, but I can tell you this, the games that I went to as a kid were, were just nasty drag, drag out fights. I mean, there's, fights between community back behind the stadiums and the stands. I mean, it was just, you know, the Strawberry Festival, you hear of people from Humboldt and Milan fighting uh, somewhere back behind some building. I mean, it was, at its peak, it was pretty nasty, but it didn't have that, it didn't have that uh, class and that respect and that, again, that prestige to it that an Alcoa Maryville would. You know, it, when Chris asked me this question, uh, it, it kind of started me to thinking about, you know, besides Alcoa Maribel, who would you consider? And um, you, you mentioned South Pitt, Marion County. Um, you mentioned Baylor, Macaulay. And and honestly, as I look across Middle Tennessee in particular, which obviously that's where we're from, you know, I am. Um, I there is nobody that really jumps out at me that's on that Oakland Oakland Riverdale. You know, I thought even about Fra- even that. Franklin Brentwood, the, but I think. You know, in and of themselves, yeah, that's typically both of those are pretty good. But Oakland has been really good lately. Brentwood has been really good lately, and Riverdale and Franklin, respectively, have not necessarily held up their ends of the bargain. Now, I will say, you know, Brentwood Franklin, as it was pointed out to me, heading into their quarterfinal game this past fall during the twenty tens, I think they played. There was one stretch where they played sixteen times in ten years which meant they were playing a regular season game and then they were playing again in the playoffs. So that's that's kind of tough to beat, and you don't get that with Asians. But, you know, there are some matchups that close, but as Jesse said i think when you take both of those teams have had once they get i think with team rutherford county and, and middle tennessee uh i'm sure there are spurts like you mentioned five ten-year windows where these teams play each other a lot it becomes a a rivalry to see who who advances but to have that long history to it and to have that depth and tradition to it and to have the championships and the, the players and coaches i just think all that wrapped into one burrito so to speak <laughs> is kind of what makes Alcoa and Maribel Alcoa and Maribel. Now, the one game that I I would pull a Hargis and, and drive to see would be in his backyard. I mean, just from having read his book about mm-hmm. Marion County, South Pittsburgh, and to have read the stories about the how, you know how crazy it was, and and um, South Pittsburgh, I think, has some kind of pirate ship down there. I mean, it just seems like small-town football, it has a certain passion to it that maybe you don't get oftentimes in the big metropolis areas. And uh, so I, I could definitely see myself someday going down to see Marion County at South Pittsburgh. That would be one that, you know, I would love to see. I wonder though, Jesse, if that one hasn't cooled off a little since, you know, <laughs> that, that, inc- that incident, capital T, capital I. I think so. I think, uh, in today's age, it's as sensitive as we are to, to certain things and how everything gets out in the media. And, I mean, that story went viral. I mean, it was across the country. And 
so I think once people saw the the magnitude of, of what was happening, I think they have kind of pulled back on it a little bit. But I still think there's some underlying emotion and and uh, and probably some hatred still between those two schools. And you know, it could pop off at any moment. And um, but so I, I would just I would love to take in one of those games for sure. Well. I would agree with you. South Pitt leads that one 32-27 to 4. And uh it's been it's been all South Pittsburgh since about 2006. Uh, I think Marion County won a couple of games 14 and 15, but that's so almost all of these rivalries we've talked about one team has dominated in recent years, which is quite interesting uh to me, but I think it's. Uh, I think you're right. I think that you know, just the prestige of the two programs makes it a massive deal, and it, obviously the proximity mm-hmm. is exactly what you want in a rivalry. And so, with that, I will. <laughs> I, I, I will concede the best rivalry in uh, in high school football in the state of Tennessee belongs to Alcoa Maryville. <laughs> Thank you for for uh giving us your input on that yeah i mean it's always always fun i mean it's it's the game that i look forward to the most and i miss george quarrels being a part of it and i told him and gary rankin oftentimes it's like my favorite part of that game is pregame when when george quarrels would come from his end of the field and gary rankin would come from his end of the field and these two legendary minds of high school football with all the wins and all the trophies and just all the respect come together and just you know, shoot the breeze for a few minutes and laugh. And they were good friends off the field. They would talk often, but it was just, just to sit back and behold that. And uh, just to see those two guys kind of come together. I, I don't know. I don't know why that was my favorite part, but it was, I think it was just uh, the respect that I had for both men and for them as men and coaches. And I uh, just kind of the civility of it all. I just, uh, I just always appreciated that moment. Of course, now Derek Hunt is at the helm for Maryville and, and he's won championships too, but, it's just uh, uh, he didn't have the longevity yet that, that Quarles did at Maryville, and so maybe someday in three, four years, I'll look at that moment the same when he and Rankin meet. But that was just always a, a thing that I look forward to during that game. You know, Quarles and Rankin, you kind of view it as peers. You you don't necessarily have that perception of Hunt and Rankin at this point. Yeah, and, and you know, Hunt's a little bit younger. He's, I mean, even though he's been at Maryville for a long time, and he was George Quarles' right hand man there for a good amount of years, and you know, Rankin's at the twilight of his career, and we haven't seen Hunt at his apex yet. I don't think so. Uh, they're just on opposite ends of the coaching spectrum at, at this point, and um, I, I, and for me, I covered Hunt as a player. I watched him win state championships, and so there's. It, to see somebody younger than you, he's always going to be younger than me. And so, uh, like you said, it, it's those quarrels and Rankin as peers. And even though I think Rankin's a little was a little bit older, it was just they put in their time and and they have held a certain status at that point. And uh, I think Hunt possibly gets there. Uh, we'll see. But uh, it's, that moment just doesn't carry the the same weight with me just yet. Understandable. Jesse Smithy on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. Thanks so much for hanging out with us this uh this morning. Yeah. Absolutely. 
All right. We will talk to you later, I'm sure, as football season approaches over the summer as well. But uh, Jesse Smithy of Five Star Preps, make sure to check them out, fivestarpreps.com. Thank you for listening to the Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today special guest podcast brought to you by Parks Motor Sales. Don't forget to listen each day live 9 to 11 a.m. on WKOM 1017 FM in Columbia. Also visit our website sm-tnsports.com for more local sports coverage in Southern Middle Tennessee.